this is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 74. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to the show, and to remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk more about at the tail end of this episode. So this week we have some camera and lens news and rumors, so we are going to go ahead and kick this one off. Let's do this! First up, Canon EOS R5 launch price will be below $4,000 US. This is coming from CanonRumors.com as of yesterday, May 26th, 2020 at 9.35 a.m. And this rumor is labeled a CR3, which means it's all but confirmed from a reliable source. The most asked question currently about the R5 is how much it will cost. Rumors have been mostly fueled by speculation on some retailer websites. If you remember, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that an Australian camera site had it listed at 10000 some odd Australian dollars, which was like $6,700 US, and I said there was no way this camera was going to be at the same price or more expensive than the 1DX Mark III. Now, Canon Rubers has been told that the EOS R5 will come in under $4,000 US for the body. The source didn't want to divulge the exact launch price for anonymity reasons, but it has apparently already been set by Canon. With the announcement for the EOS R5 coming in July, we should start to hear more about pricing and kits in the next few weeks. Now, if you also remember, I have said several times, as has my friend Jared Poland at Fronos Photo, that we both believe this camera will sell for $34.99, right around that price point. It may be $100 higher or lower, uh, but I think $34.99 is going to be the price point that Canon is shooting for. But again, we'll have to wait and see for sure. Major Canon announcements coming in June June and July. Again, this is from Canon Rumors, and this is also a CR3. This was posted May 25th, 2020 at 8.18am. Canon Rumors has been at this for 12 years, and he's never seen as much hype for a Canon product than we have for the Canon EOS R5. A camera that should have already been announced had it not been for the current pandemic situation. He has been told that Canon will make major announcements in June and July, which will likely be the Canon EOS R5 and or the R6, along with a slew of new lenses. Initial availability should come as early as July, and no, he does not know anything about concrete pricing. Now, Granted, this article was posted a couple of days before the last one that I talked about, the price on the R5 being under $4,000. Update, he has updated this post to reflect additional Canon announcements are also coming in July. I don't know yet which products are being announced at this time. There will certainly be more to come in the next few weeks, especially since we're getting close to the beginning of June of 2020 at this point. Industry news, SD Express delivers new gigabyte speeds for SD memory cards. 
This is coming out of San Ramon, California from May 20th, 2020 at 8.38 a.m. The SD Association announced today the SD 8.0 specifications for SD Express memory cards receives even faster transfer speeds by using the popular PCI Express 4.0 specification delivering a maximum of nearly 4 gigabits per second data transfer rate. These full-size cards continue to use the NVMe Express upper layer protocol enabling advanced memory access mechanism. As always, SD Express memory cards using SD 8.0 specification maintain backwards compatibility. SD Express use of even faster PCIe and NVMe architecture to deliver faster transfer speeds creates more opportunities or devices to use SD memory card, said Mats Larson, senior market analyst at Future Source. Quote, this combination of trusted and well-known technologies makes it easier for future product designs to leverage the benefits of removable storage in a new way. End quote. SD Express gigabit speeds bring new storage opportunities for devices with demanding performance levels across a variety of industries. The cards can move large amount of data generated by data-intense wireless or wired communication, super slow-motion video, raw continuous burst mode, and 8K video capture and playback. 360-degree cameras, videos, speed-hungry applications running on cards and mobile computing devices, ever-evolving gaming systems, multi-channel Internet of Things devices, and automotive, just to name a few. SD Express will be offered on SDHC, SDXC, and SDUC memory cards. Quote, by dramatically increasing the speeds for SD Express, we're giving the device manufacturers and system developers more storage choices, said Hikaru Sakamoto, SDA president. Quote, SD 8.0 may open even more possibilities for extra high-performance solutions using removable memory cards. Quote, PCI-SIG is pleased to see that SDA is continuing to adopt even faster PCIe technology configurations using PCIe 4.0 interface in dual lanes for one of the top leading removable memory cards in SD, said Al Yang's PCI-SIG president and chairman. Quote, PCIe specification conformance tests are available today by major test vendors, offering a significant advantage for any new PCIe technology adopter. Now, the NVMe is the industry-recognized performance SSD interface for the client to the data center, shipping in millions of units, said Amber Huffman, NVM Express Inc. president. Quote, consumers will benefit by SD Association continuing the adoption of the NVMe-based specification, for their latest SD Express cards. SD Express uses the well-known PCIe 4.0 specification and the latest NVMe specifications up to version 1.4, de uh, defined by PCIe-SIG and NVMe Express, respectively. SD 8.0 specification provides two transfer speed options for SD Express memory cards. The two transfer speeds are accomplished by supporting either PCIe 3.0 times 2 or PCIe 4.0 times 1 architectures with up to plus or minus 2 gigabits a second and with PCIe 4.0 times 2 technology with up to 4 gigabits a second.
SD Express cards offering PCIe 4.0 times 1 architecture use the same form factor as defined for SD 7.0 specification cards with the second row of pins to deliver transfer speeds up to 2 gigabits a second. SD Express cards supporting dual PCIe lanes, PCIe 3.0 times 2 or 4.0 times 2 technologies have three rows of pins. The SDA makes adoption of SD Express easy, allowing companies to use existing test equipment and saving in product development costs. The SD8 specification continues giving system developers access to PCIe and NVMe technologies such as bus mastering, multi-queue without locking mechanism, and host memory buffer. Two revised white papers titled SD Express Cards with PCIe and NVMe uh, NVMe interfaces and SD Express and Micro SD Express memory cards, the best choice for your future product designs, provide an in-depth look at the opportunities created by SD Express. More information is available on the website. Visit the SDI Virtual Trade Show to learn more about SD Express solutions offered by our members. The SD Association is a global ecosystem of nearly 900 technology companies charged with setting interoperable SD standards. The association encourages the development of consumer electronic wireless communication, digital imaging, and network products that utilize market-leading SD technology. The SD standard is the number one choice for consumers and has earned more than 80% of the memory card market with its reliable interoperability and its easy-to-use format. Today, smartphones, tablets, drones, Internet of Things devices, HDTVs, audio players, automotive systems, computers, digital cameras, and digital video cameras feature SD interoperability. For more information about SDA or to join, please visit the association's website, which is https colon slash slash www.sdcard.org. And I will include a link to this article with the accompanying links in the show notes for this episode. So this is definitely some exciting new news uh, in the world of SD cards. It sounds like with this new technology, it is finally going to be possible to build a dual memory card camera body in the near future, where both the SD card slot and the PC Express card, card slots can be equally fast, which will be great for photographers that want to shoot redundant and not have their performance on the PC Express slot dumbed down to the speed of the much slower SD card slot. If SD cards can be made this fast at four gigabits a second transfer speeds, that's going to make lives uh, for photographers and videographers especially a heck of a lot better. I mean, just imagine if down the road Canon comes out with a future derivative of their upcoming EOS R5, which shoots 8K video, has dual memory card slots, and both the SD and the PCS Express slots are fast enough to handle 8K video. That's going to be absolutely amazing, and it sounds like this is going to be something that everybody is going to be clamoring for as far as technology. Last week, Aurora Aperture announced their next-generation rear-mount filter system for a lot of wide-angle lenses. As promised, these filters are now available through Kickstarter. Compatible Canon lenses, the EF 8-15 F4L Fisheye USM, the EF 11-24 F4L USM, 
the EF 14mm F2.8 LUSM and EF 14mm F2.8 LUSM2, the EF 15mm F2.8 Fisheye, the EF 16 to 35 F2 LUSM, along, uh, but the uh, Mark II version of that lens is not supported. The EF 17 to 35 F2 LUSM, the EF 17 to 40 F4 F4 LUSM, the Sigma 14 to 24 F2.8 DG HSM Art, and the Sigma 14 millimeter F1.8 DG HSM Art. You can check out the Aurora Aperture Rear Filter System on Kickstarter, and I'll include a link to this article as well as the Kickstarter in the show notes for this episode so that you can check it out for yourself. Who knows, maybe you'll want to support this Kickstarter campaign. Now, always remember, funding sites like Kickstarter is not, uh, it's not an online shopping platform. You're giving your money in the hopes that you'll get the finished product. A few people, you know, some people have been burned in the past by a few Kickstarter projects, but overall Kickstarter has a really good track record. So hopefully there won't be any issues. But just so you know that ahead of time, Kickstarter is not an online store like Best Buy or Amazon or Walmart or anybody else. So you are, in a, in a manner of speaking, you are risking your money. Wireless file transmitter for the Canon EOS R5 appears for certification. According to Nokashita, Canon has received certification for a wireless file transmitter for the R5. Canon camera accessory quote, uh, called DS58622 space 1 slash 2 slash 3 slash 4 slash 5 was registered at the Taiwan NCC. Uh, the wireless file transmitter for the Canon EOS R5 is compatible with Wi-Fi at IEEE 802.11a, B, G, N, as well as the much faster AC. So it's exciting. It looks like um, the wireless capabilities in the EOS R5 are going to be blazing fast, which I know will make my friend Jeff Harmon at the Master Photography and Photo Taco podcast happy because he really wants to upgrade his camera to something not only more advanced than what he currently has with his 80D and his 70 Mark II, but he really, really needs the faster Wi-Fi as he frequently does uh, Wi-Fi tethered capture using an iPad for his students, uh, for his clients when he's doing senior portraits and stuff like that. So I know he'll be excited to hear that the Wi-Fi in the R5 is going to have the latest technology and the most advanced wireless capabilities that it can possibly have as soon as it's released. That'll make him very happy. All right, so now on to Nikon news this week. Ending this week, Nikon U.S. lens-only rebates. Now, this was published on May 26, 2020 from NikonRumors.com. Nikon's current rebates on 27 Nikon lenses are set to expire on May 31st. You can see the details at Adorama or B&H. The, these current rebates, which will be expiring on the 31st, are the 50mm f1.4G, $40 off. The 50mm f1.8G, $20 off. The 58mm f1.4G, $150 off. The 35f1.8G, $20 off. The 20mm f1.8GED, $80 off. 
the 24 millimeter F1.4 GED, $200 off. The 24 millimeter F1.8 GED, $70 off. The 28 millimeter F1.4 EED, $200 off. The 28 millimeter F1.8 G, $70 off. The 35 millimeter F1.4 G, $150 off. The 35 millimeter F1.8 GED, $50 off. The 85 millimeter F1.4 G at $150 off. The 85 F1.8 G at $50 off. The 105 millimeter F1.4 EED, $200 off, which, as I've mentioned in numerous previous episodes, the 105 millimeter is a super popular focal length for Nikon and Sony shooters for portraits. The 10 to 20 millimeter F4.5 to 5.6 G of VR, $30 off. The 16 to 35 F4 G ED VR, $100 off. The 18 to 200 millimeter F3.5 to 5.6 G ED VR2 Alphabet Soup, $60 off. The 18 to 300 F3.5 to 6.3, yada, yada, yada. Same letters as the previous one without the Mark II on the end, $70 off. The 28 to 300 F35 to 5.6 GED VR, $100 off. The 70 to 300 F4.5 to 5.6 EED VR is $50 off. The 80 to 400 F4.5 to 5.6 GED VR, $200 off. The 200 to 500 millimeter F5.6 EED VR, $140 off. The 105mm F2.8 G Micro IFED VR, $90 off. The 70-200mm F2.8 EFLED VR, $200 off. The 24-70mm F2.8 EED VR is $200 off. The 24-70mm F2.8 GED is $150 off. And last but not least, the 14-24mm F2.8 GED at $150 off. Now remember, all of these rebates, discounts expire on the 31st of May. So if you've been thinking about picking up any of these Nikkor lenses, now is the time to do it before these discounts expire. Ending this week, the I'm Back digital back for Nikon film cameras raised 400k on Kickstarter. This article was published on Nikon Rumors May 26, 2020. The improved I'm Back project that adds a digital back to old film cameras has raised almost 400,000 on Kickstarter out of its goal of $10,306 and is ending in four days. The digital back is compatible with many uh, Nikon F models. Here are the details. More information is available by clicking the link in the article, which I'll share in the show notes for this episode. The following are the details for this device. Processor, the iCatch V39. The sensor is a Panasonic 34112. The LCD is 2 inches. The display is 240 RGB by 320 LCD. Video format of 4K, 3840, 2160 frames per second. Those are the dimensions. 1920 by 1080p, 60 frames a second. 1280 by 720p, 120 frames a second. Video format is MOV. 
uh, movie file format. Photo resolution, 14 megabytes, 10 megabytes, 8 megabytes, and others. Photo format, JPEG and Color Raw. The memory will be micro SD class 10, max of 128 gigabytes. Microphone and speaker are built in. Frequency 50 to 60 mega, uh, hertz. I apologize. Power interface is 7.4 volts at 1 amp. The battery is a 7.4 volt lithium battery, type C, HDMI port, TF card, mic 3.5 millimeter, sync cable 1.5 millimeter. System requirements compatible with Windows 2000, XP, Vista, Windows 7, Mac OS X 10.3.6, and above. Manual setting you can frame and choose at what speed to shoot, as well as the diagram or diaphragm, I'm sorry, aperture your camera exposes. And I'm back 35 records. New design with leaner and more ergonomics. New PCBA exclusively designed for I'm back 35. New software to control the manual exposure function, output files, both RAW and JPEG. New battery with higher performance and durability, i.e. NPF 550-570. New universal cover with aluminum support. You can fit it to 99% of all 35mm analog cameras available on the market in a simple and fast way. Fits Nikon EM, F, FA, FE, FE2, FG, FM, FM2, FM3A, F2, F3, F4, F70, F90X, F100, S2, S3, Nikon Matt, FTN, slash EL. So this is another exciting product that's coming out that will allow you, I'm not sure why people would want to do this, but this will give you the ability to convert an old Nikon F-mount film camera into a DSLR, more or less. Um, I'm still not sure why people would want to do this, but there must be a market for it because they raised $400,000 out of their goal of $10,000. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. I will not be picking one of these up. I don't own any Nikon film cameras in my uh, antique and vintage camera collection at this time. And I don't really think I'd have much of a use for it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how expensive this item is going to run. I don't imagine it's going to be cheap. Um, but I just don't think it is something that I would have a, a use or a need for. Um, I know Jared's talked about these kind of things before. And he likes to pick them up just to tinker with them. Um, but he generally agrees with me. It's like, you know, how really useful is it? Uh, now, looking on their website, um, if you pledge CHF, uh, must be the currency, $299 or more, which is about $310 U.S., you get the I'm back $35. Uh, you save $50 now. The MSRP is going to be $350 or a little bit higher. So there you have it. Uh, definitely not something I would be interested in, but maybe some of my listeners out there are. So I figured I would share it this week just to talk about something a little bit different. As part of their deal zone, B&H has the Sigma 70-200 f2.8 DGOS HSM Sport Lens for Nikkor F-mount on sale for $999. This is $500 off or 33% off. Now, this deal is a short-term deal. It's only going to be around for about 24 hours. So if you do want to pick one of these up, you want to hop on over to their site to get it. I'll include a link in the show notes. 
I don't know for sure, though, because I'm recording this episode on Wednesday to release it tomorrow on Thursday, the regularly scheduled day, so this sale might be over at that time, and if it is, I apologize to my listeners if you missed that deal. All right, on to Fuji this week. New deal, get Capture One uh, version 20 for 169 and the Fuji version for 129 B&H Photo is selling Capture 120 for 169 only and the Fujifilm version for 129 Adorama is offering the same deal, uh, but theirs at Adorama is for today only, which is May 27th, 2020. At the Capture One page, you get Capture 120 for $220 and Capture 120 for Fujifilm for $149. Now, Capture One is some fantastic software. I've used it for a few years now. It's still not my primary editing software, but I'll tell you what, it has become the primary editing software for my GFX50R, being that it's a Fujifilm medium format mirrorless. And I know from talking to a lot of photographers, especially a lot of Fuji shooters, the Capture One software is just far superior to processing Sony RAW files when comparing it to Lightroom and Photoshop. All right, next up, uh, whoops, sorry. All right, next up, Fujifilm firmware updates coming in June for X-T4, X-A7, GFX100, and more. So it looks like June will be an interesting month when it comes to firmware updates. Yesterday, Fuji Rumors reported about a free ProRes RAW video firmware update coming for Fujifilm GFX100. Now we get to hear reports that also the X-A7 should get an update as well as the Fujifilm X-T4. This one's scheduled for the end of June for the X-T4. He does not know yet if other cameras will get an update and well, but keep as well, but keep in mind if there is one thing that Fuji can easily delay at any point in time, it's firmware updates. If they feel it's not ready for their planned release, they will simply move it back a few weeks. But what I do know surely is that the very same second Fujifilm Japan releases the firmware, you will read about it on FujiRumors.com. Hence, make sure you follow Fuji Rumors on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, RSS feed, YouTube, Flipboard, and Twitter. And I will include a link to this article from FujiRumors.com in the show notes for this episode. You can purchase the X-T4 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera, and the GFX100 from B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera as well. Fujifilm X-Pro3 firmware 1.05 released. Fujifilm has just released, as of earlier today, new firmware update for the X-Pro3, the firmware update version 1.05 from version 1.04 incorporates the following fix, and the only thing it lists is minor bug fixes. You can download the X-Pro3 firmware 1.05 here, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes. You can purchase the Fujifilm X-Pro3 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. And I will, like I said, I will share this link so you can check it out for yourself. And the article does include the links to purchase the X-Pro3 at any of those retailers, should you be so inclined. 
Fujifilm launches Fujifilm X webcam to run your Fujifilm X or GFX cameras as a webcam. So if you remember, I talked a few weeks ago about the fact that Canon released a web utility beta to turn Canon DSLRs and mirrorless cameras into webcams during the current pandemic. And it looks like Fujifilm is now following suit. Fujifilm has just launched Fujifilm X webcam, which will allow you to run some Fujifilm cameras as a webcam. A few notes from Fuji Rumors, it is only for PC, but also the much praised webcam utility software is PC only, so they're on par with Canon as far as that goes. It looks to be compatible with the same list of cameras that you can tether shoot with, so that should make a lot of uh, Fuji camera owners extremely happy. If you're looking for a free solution to run your Fujifilm camera's webcam on Mac, there is a workaround, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check out the workaround for yourself. The press release, Fuji Guys video tutorial, Fujifilm Corporation President Kenji Tsukino uh, will start offering a solution that can turn X-Series and GFX system digital cameras into webcams. This will help cater for the growing uh, need for web conferencing products. Fujifilm X-Web software for Windows computers will be released on May 27, 2020, which is today, the date of this recording. Users will be able to install the software on any PC and using a USB cable connect a supported camera to create a web conferencing environment with much higher image quality. The enhanced quality of our digital cameras compared to built-in webcams will improve your web conference with help from advanced functions such as the film simulation modes, which deliver Fujifilm's unique color profiles. The About the uh, Fujifilm X webcam, you can go to the official website, download, read the compatibility guide to see which cameras are compatible. There's a user guide and features. Currently, the models listed as being compatible are the GFX100, the GFX50S, the GFX50R, the X-H1, X-Pro2, X-Pro3, X-T2, X-T3, and X-T4. Now, this is exciting. I'd give it a try myself on my GFX50R, but I stopped using Windows as an operating system a couple of decades ago. So, <laughs> unless uh, the Mac workaround will work, I might have to check that out and uh, report back to my listeners on that in a later episode. Next up, Fujifilm Camera Remote 4.5.1 has been released. The Fujifilm Camera Remote App 4.5.1 has been released, which includes bug fixes and performance improvements. You can download the iOS version at the App Store and the Android version from the Google Play Store as well. And I will share a link to this small blurb of an article from the Fuji Rumors website in the show notes for this episode, which will provide you with the direct iOS and Android download links from their respective app stores. And wrapping up this week, we are now on to Sony news and rumors. The Sony ZV-1, available for pre-order on Amazon US, new Rokinon E-mount lenses on pre-order at B&H. The Sony v, uh, ZV-1 camera for content creators and vloggers is $749.99 on pre-order on Amazon. It features a 20.1 megapixel backside illuminated 1-inch Exmor RS CMOS sensor with DRAM, or DRAM, I'm sorry, large aperture 24 to 70 millimeter f1.8 to 2.8 Zeiss Vario Sonar T lens. 
has fast hybrid AF real-time IAF3 and real-time AF tracking. It is showing that it is shipped and sold by Amazon.com. It is finally available, as I mentioned at the top of this uh, section of this uh, week's episode. Update, also the new Rokinon lenses are now available for pre-order, which are the Rokinon 14mm f2.8 series 2 lens for Sony E at B&H Photo, as well as the Rokinon 85mm f1.4 series 2 lens for Sony E at B&H Photo. The Zoni ZV-1 is not only available for pre-order in the USA at Amazon, but also at Adorama and B&H Photo. In the European Union, it's available at Photocotch, Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon France, Amazon Italy, Amazon Span, Spain, Amazon Netherlands, and Centers Direct. Now it's getting serious. Two cameras and at least one lens to be announced in June. Will the new A7S compete against the EOS R5? Yesterday, Sony announced the new ZV, uh, ZV-1, as I mentioned a moment ago in the previous segment. Our rumors on this camera were spot on, and very same sources made it clear that Sony plans a big announcement in June-July. There may be two separate announcements, but we're not sure at this time. And if those sources are right once more, then we shall get this. Likely, and at last, the new A7S II successor, another camera, a 12-24mm f2.8 G-Master lens. There might be some more E-mount lenses coming, but... He hasn't forgotten any uh, gotten any info on them yet, so he doesn't know that for sure. This is coming from Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's jump directly to the A7S II successor. Uh, Canon EOS R5 and A7S II successor might not be direct competitors. The Canon EOS R5 is more of an A7R4 a light, ca light camera with advanced video capabilities, so he's not sure the A7S II successor will be a direct competitor. Keep in mind, the EOS R5 has no cooling vent like the one the Panasonic S1H has, and the A7S II successor is rumored to have. So unless Canon has found a way to miraculously dissipate all that heat in a magic way, the EOS R5 isn't capable of long hours of work. The A7S II successor might not have 8K recording as a professional camera. It is likely to not go after eye-catching, but at the end... Useless 8K specs, professional 4K capabilities, and performance is more likely to be the key of the camera's success. Number two, Sony's big advantage. For one, Sony isn't necessarily leading the pack and doesn't have to guess what the comp competition is doing. Sony knows the current specs for the EOS R5 as they've been announced so far. Sony knows the rumored price tag will be below $4,000. If Sony marketing is smart, they will price the A7S II successor accordingly to be competitive in the video business. Now, what about specs? Here is the little we know so far. 100% sure, definitely at least 4K60, 10-bit 422. 100% sure, some features will go beyond the expectations, quote-unquote. 100% sure and, quote-unquote, of course, more battery power, increased AF accuracy, and many other things. 
rumored the prototype camera recorder 4K 120p and had no 8K recording. Rumored the prototype camera was much thicker and had a cooling vent. Rumored same kind of A92 improvements, AF build quality and weather sealing. Rumored A7 or I mean Sony ZV-1 alike fully articulating screen. In summary, do not expect a 100% Canon EOS R clone camera. The A7S II successor is going to be a clearly professional video-oriented camera made for pro use. He expects a Sony A7R5 or a mythical A9R to outspec the EOS R5, but he doesn't think such a camera will be announced in 2020 before the A7 V or AR9 or A9R. We shall get this mysterious second camera by the end of June, early July and likely a new A7 IV by the end of 2020. You can send him uh, A7S2 info, uses uh, anonymous contact form, which I'll include the link to this article in the show notes for this episode. So if you do have any rumor information on the A7S2 replacement, you can drop him an anonymous email. All right. Still hot. Last item for this week. Save 160 euro on the new 20mm f1.8G at Amazon Spain. Now this is for my European listeners, which I do have a large audience in the UK and throughout Europe. Again, a crazy price drop. 160 euros off on the new 20mm FE lens sold by Amazon Spain. I will include a link to this article in the show notes so that if any of my customers in the EU want to snag that deal before it's gone, you'll be able to do so. And this is going to wrap up this week's episode 74 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing and iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to the show. And also remember, as I mentioned last week, there is now a Google Podcast app for iOS. So you can download that if you prefer to use the Google Podcast app versus the Apple Podcast app. You can do so now on your iOS device. Also wanted to remind you to check out the Lay-In Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, the group is a private group, but you can join by answering one security question, and that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself. You can put Liam or Liam Douglas. I did also open it up to where you can also put the name of any of the guests I've had on the show since its inception, which would include Ruben Naha, Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography and Photo Taco Podcast, John Harvell, the wonderful and talented Jill Mod, the lovely and talented Miss Ellie Cat, as well as her boyfriend and partner in adventure, Dan. Any of those names will get you in. And we do that to keep the bots and spammers out of the Facebook groups because, let's face it, they spoil Facebook groups for everybody. You can also call or text the show at 470-294-8191 if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for something you'd like to hear in an upcoming episode or maybe a guest you would like me to see if I can get on the show for an interview. You can also email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. And I will see you again in another seven days for episode 75.